Hello, this is Amy Embody welcoming you back to Life in the Bree. We have been talking about the ideas of fat, fear, and frenzy, or more readily, no fat, no fear, no frenzy. Last time we began our exploration of some of the perils of and paralysis that parents and Christian educators and homeschoolers experience in this area of fear. What are we afraid of? Well, a hundred things. We're afraid that the kids won't listen. We are afraid we will not do a good job. We're afraid that when they go to the next setting, the people will say, who taught you? Why don't you know this? Why don't you know that? We're afraid that our kids' faith will not stick. We're afraid that our instruction of them will have been proven to be inadequate. We're afraid we aren't doing enough. We're not pushing enough, fitting enough into a day, etc. We're afraid when our children resist. We're afraid when the culture castigates our efforts and makes them foolish seeming. Well, Elizabeth Elliot and scripture both have a lot to say to us about fear. Eliot said, fear God and fear nothing else. Fear God and fear nothing else. The word of God tells us that the fear of the Lord, the reverence of the Lord, is the beginning of wisdom. So there is a connection between our faith our reverence for God, and the degree of anxiety, dread, oppression over responsibility that we labor under. How do we make sense of Jesus having told us that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, and yet our daily experience is often so fraught with excess, with fat, with fear of all kinds, and with frenzy. Well, Elizabeth Elliot wrote extensively. She had many, many experiences in her life that made her a local expert and a well-qualified voice on the topic of fear. She says, to love the world is to be afraid of everything, what it may think of me, what it may do to me, what may happen today or tomorrow for which I'm not prepared. Now, as I said, those of us who are trying to prepare children for their future, those of us who want to equip image bearers to be able to say yes to whatever God calls them to do, well, we wonder what may happen today or tomorrow for which We haven't prepared them. What will they encounter? What kinds of tests, formal and informal, will they bump up against? And will they be ready? Will our children know how to navigate today's complex cultural conundrums, let alone tomorrow's? She says, if we fear God, that is, If we are brought to our knees before him in absolute assurance of his sovereignty, we cannot possibly be afraid of anything else. To love God, says Elizabeth Elliot, 
is to destroy all other fear. To love God is to destroy all other fear. Well, very often our anxieties do arise from a misplaced love and desire for what the world's standards tell us are excellence or goodness or achievement rather than God's. We need to think as we prepare each day to work with our children, to teach that class, to lead those young people, to train and equip and develop those colleagues under our care. We need to think not about just the world's standards. And I would say, in fact, thinking about the world's standards needs to take a very low priority for us in comparison to what God desires in the heart of the people we're working with. What does he desire? Fidelity, faith, love. And in fact, we know the greatest of all of those, faith, hope, and love, the greatest being love. So with that as our measure, how do we approach the anxieties of the future when we don't know what do we really need to be teaching our children? What is essential? What is imperative for them to be well-equipped to say yes to God. That is the Christ-centered educator's definition of education, equipping young people, old people in our care, image bearers, anyone for whom we have some responsibility for shepherding, equipping them, encouraging them, modeling for them, exhorting them, instructing them such that they will be in a position to say, Here am I, Lord, send me, when he calls them to be engineers, when he calls them to be poets, teachers, mothers, missionaries, CEOs of businesses, public servants in office. Whatever God's calling on the lives of our children, we will have been successful if we help them be in a position to say, yes, Here I am, send me. Now, I talked with a very earnest mother the other day. I know she wanted only the best for her seventh grade child. She was in the process of looking for a high school. And she said, when we said, what are you looking for in in your child's next setting? Well, we want it to be excellent in every one of the subjects. We want our child to excel in every single school subject. She's very, very bright. And so far, she loves music. She loves math. She loves science. We want her to be in a place where they will make sure she attains the highest levels of achievement in all school subject areas. Wow. Now, it is possible for a human being to have many, many gifts. In fact, I was just at the wedding of a beautiful, godly young woman who is a gifted scientist, a gifted educator, a gifted 
administrator with the Center for Redemptive Education. She paints watercolors. She paints oils. She instructs kids in the outdoors. She develops curriculum. Well, this is wonderful. But the core quality of this young woman, who was on that day a beautiful bride, was her absolute commitment, love, passion for, and fidelity to her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And in all of those areas that I listed, the core quality of the beauty of her excellence in these areas is that each one has been dedicated and put to vigorous use to further kingdom purposes. And this has not involved um, a prideful uh, seeking of acclaim. It has not involved seeking attention or power. So there is something to think about there when our highest goal in finding an educational setting for our child is that they are academically excellent in every one of the disciplines and that they can just about guarantee your child will be able to go to any college he or she desires to go to, do any kind of job, or all of them. Well, let's pause a minute and think about that. No wonder we feel fear when we think about trying to prepare our children for that. And do you know what? Our kids feel that fear and anxiety too. The anxiety levels of these current generations of children have skyrocketed as the pressures for performance outpace what is healthy for any image bearer. God designed your child and your children with a very specific, very beautiful, very God-shaped design. Maybe they will be multi-talented, multifaceted. Maybe they will be very, very lopsided, as many great men and women of God have been. You know that C.S. Lewis never did learn to drive. He was physically not well-coordinated. He never passed his math exams. Who is going to quarrel with those things that C.S. Lewis did not accomplish in light of what God had equipped him and designed him to accomplish? So remember that to love the world, as Elizabeth Elliot says, is to be afraid of everything, what it may think of me. How about what it will think of my child? What it may do to me? What might happen to my children? How can I keep them safe from every single danger and harm? What may happen today or tomorrow for which I'm not prepared and maybe they're not prepared? But remember this. If we fear God, this is quoting Elizabeth Elliot, if we are brought to our knees before him in absolute assurance of his sovereignty, well, that's a close quote. It's going to chase all other fears away. It's going to minimize all other kinds of fears. Now, God is a God of great reversals. Elizabeth Elliot went on to say, and yet, Lord, the truth is, I am often afraid. I confess it. She says, all the weight of your promises 
seems sometimes to be only a feather and the weight of my fears lead. When you have been in the swirl of anxiety, when you have been under the oppression of great fear, those fears seem to be the most real thing that exists. They are lead. They are heavy. They drag you down. And God's promises, even as we try to affirm them and recall them in faith and to apply them, they can feel like a feather. And she goes on to pray, reverse that, Lord, I pray. Reverse that. Give me the kind of faith that chases out fear, that casts out fear, that perfect love from God and for God that casts out all kinds of fear. Well, my beloved ones, I hope that this day God ministers to your fearful hearts and lifts from you anxieties about things that will happen, anxieties about your inadequacies in teaching or guiding or governing your children. To fear God allows us to fear nothing else. May it be so. Next time, we will conclude our section on fear in this triad of explorations, no fat, no fear, and then we will launch our investigation of no frenzy, no frenzy. God bless you. 